Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Suffering, persecution, and even martyrdom is not uncommon when it comes to the Christian faith. In fact, it's a part of the Christian story from the very beginning. So join us again today as we continue the conversation about the global persecuted church on the Scent Life Podcast. Welcome to the Scent Life Podcast. I'm Scott Hildreth, and I'm in here with Greg Mathias for the second part mm-hmm. of a conversation we started last week, Greg, That's right. uh, with some of our partners yeah. at uh, Southeastern Open Door, mm-hmm. uh, which is an organization that supports and encourages mm-hmm. and works with persecuted and suffering believers around the world. So last week, um, the last podcast, we talked with uh, David Curry, the president and CEO. Mm -hmm. Uh, This week, we want to reach outside the United States internationally uh, and get a different view and different perspective on this thing. Um, And so just quick question, Greg, as you think about persecution and the conversations we've had is there one thing that jumps out at you personally as we think about persecuted church? Yeah, and I think we heard this some last week. We'll uh, most likely hear some more of this this week. But I think what jumps out to me is not just the faith that we hear from the persecuted church around the world, but the lessons that we can learn. Hmm. Uh, and I think so often, uh, just to be real honest, when I think about the persecuted church around the world, uh, honestly, I think of them more with some pity hmm. in mind. Uh, yeah. And and I, that's been con- I've been convicted of that yeah. in our conversations that honestly they are uh, they are our teachers in many right. ways of, of what they're experiencing the deep faith they have but it's not a clean faith in right. the sense of they struggle uh, but then just some of the lessons that I've been challenged with not only to be aware and to pray but these are my brothers and sisters that I really do want to lock arms with and learn from yeah you know brothers and sisters is a great word we're part of the same family but you know the hebrews also says we're part of the same body that's right yeah uh you know you sprain your ankle or you Mm. break your arm that's good and the whole body suffers and i think one of the things that we're trying to get across in these series of podcasts is um it's not all well with us there are people who are hurting and suffering and it's a great reminder at Mm. this time of the year when we think about our own struggles with covid and the economy Mm -hmm. and everything that's taking place that we're just all in this thing together and there are people who are really really suffering so today we want to continue our conversation about uh, the persecuted church we want to talk to a friend ron uh, who lives in great britain and uh, ron's going to talk to us from an international perspective a view from uh, the other side of the pond if you would (laughs) about uh, the persecuted church so thanks for being with us today we welcome ron to the broadcast ron is in england he is the global analyst for uh, open door uh, which is a which is an organization that advocates for and uh, and listens to and serves the persecuted church. Ron, thanks so much for being with us today on The Scent Life and coming in from, uh, again, from the sunny United Kingdom. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate you being here. Ron, can you take just a few minutes and just uh, talk with our listeners about the, the ministry, Open Door? Uh, you guys have a global presence, and uh, but a lot of folks maybe that listen to us won't know exactly what you guys do. So can you talk just a minute about what the what the organization does around the world? Yes, Open Doors basically exists to serve persecuted Christians. 
and uh, we try to get to the most persecuted and who are often you know out in rural areas uh, or deep underground mm. and just uh, be with them through our presence and then help them in other ways and then try to connect the story of those persecuted Christians to the wider church because there's a lot to learn. The ministry was really started by a man called Brother Andrew, who's wow. now in his early 90s, and wrote mm. this famous book called God's Smuggler, which was the, the second best-selling Christian book of the 1970s, if you can believe it. Wow. Number one, number one was the late great planet Earth, but the less <laughs> said about that, the better. Um, and uh, God's Smuggler was really the story of how Andrew started it all off. And of course, we're still trying to hold to his emphasis he was the first person really to go behind the Iron Curtain mm. with Bibles for persecuted believers. And he just did it in his little Volkswagen with this prayer, you know, Lord, you made uh, blind eyes see, please make seeing eyes blind. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't more sophisticated than that for, for quite a number of years. But Andrew would always get to a church and he always had this kind of drumbeat in his message. One was the battle is spiritual. Mm -hmm. Never forget that down deep, if you don't go back to the spiritual layer at bottom, you'll never really make a difference in the world. You've got wow. to diagnose the issues of the world on the spiritual level. You know, the, the what is behind these ideologies and so on. So that was the one thing he said. And the other thing he always mentioned, it's always stuck with me, is the revolution is here. And what he meant by the revolution was anything that sets itself up uh. against God. And of course, back then, of course, that was communism. Right. Um, one of the reasons we think God Smuggler sold 10 million copies was because it was the life of adventure lived out in the face of the greatest enemy to faith at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, you've got to transpose into what's everybody afraid of today. But, but what he meant by the revolution was anything that set itself up against God. And he said, you'll find out that you'll look, be looking at countries like North Korea or you'll look at China or, or that kind of thing. And then suddenly you'll discover that the same dynamic is at your own elbow. Wow. Because, you know, as, as Helmut Tillichow used to say, you know, there's only one force in the world stronger than the desire for God. Mm. And that's the desire to be free of God. Mm. Wow. What a statement. And, wow. Yeah. And so that shows up, you know, in any context. And Andrew was always basically there to say, wake up to the spiritual dynamics of the world mm. at large and listen to the story of the persecuted because they'll help you you'll help you live a more radical and more powerful life wherever you are mm. so open doors tries to keep faith i think with that uh, mm -hmm. with the founders the founders message yeah that's great ron you know, as we think about this, as we hear about the ministry uh, of Open Doors, um, you use words like presence and connection and story. Well, we're in a time where uh, presence uh, uh, is valued, yet we're, we're told to stay apart, uh, where connection is much more difficult because of COVID and this pandemic we're in. And so uh, how have you seen that uh, shape or impact the persecuted church how is it uh how has it changed perhaps uh the the ebb and flow of our brothers and sisters who are suffering and persecuted already 
but now are in this unique time. It's interesting. I was just talking to Chinese Christians the other week there, and of course they're all back in church. I mean, things are virtually back to normal in China now. Oh, wow. Um, you know, because they locked down early and, and long. Um, but they say, <laughs> this is what they were saying to me, and you can take this as you wish. <laughs> they, they said, uh, they said, if you are enjoying church on Zoom as much as real church, that's the sign that you should not go back to that church. Wow. Because they're saying, look, there is no substitute for being together as a physical group of people mm-hmm. experiencing what God is saying. Mm. And, and they said, you cannot have that over the, the digital substitute. It doesn't mean that, that it's not important to go digital if it's sure. all you've got. But it's, it's, it's a poor substitute for the physical experience mm. of being a gathered community, yeah. you know, in a church. And says things will happen in this physical space that cannot happen in any other setting. Mm-hmm. So they say, get back to church, for goodness sake, and, and enjoy that. So maybe COVID, in some ways, has made us realize how, how important it is to be a physically gathered community. That's you a good know, point. At least that's what the Chinese would, would certainly argue. There has been another thing that, that's happened. Yeah. In some ways, the, the persecuted church, when it was locked down, like in places like China, they really searched youtube and and you know digital channels once they could get out of the great chinese firewall right and um and they searched for teaching Mm. to help them in lockdown now this is unusual Mm. because there is what we call a middle kingdom Mm. mentality in china which means they've got revival they've got the biggest one what do they need the rest of the body of Christ for? Sure, right. You know? and, but yet this has actually made them outward looking mm. because they realized that there, was, there were resources in the, in the uh, digital sphere that they needed uh, that they couldn't provide for themselves. So, for example, I have a series of, of, on the book of Revelation mm-hmm. on YouTube. Okay. And I discovered after the fact, in some ways, that 200 thousand Chinese Christians have taken it wow um and then I began to get all these questions you know that were very very interesting like you know is this the end (laughs) who's the beast you know is Xi Jinping the beast or not you know he's the president of China because you know he takes all the credit right um can you ask Jesus to just stop it you know Mm. this was another big question that we had is it a punishment you know and um and and so it was just fascinating to deal with this because if you really go around persecuted christians and ask them what's their favorite book of the bible Mm -hmm. it's a toss-up between it's whether it's the book of psalms or it's the book of revelation yeah yeah and you'll find a lot of them will fit when you say well what's your favorite verse they'll often alight on revelation 4 2 you know i saw a throne with someone sitting on it Wow. And it's that idea that if you can see the throne amidst all this chaos, then you know God's in charge. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, and then we have this incredible bonus, if you like, it's a bad word, but, but you know what I mean? Yeah. That actually the person on the throne is, is Christ. Right. You know, in the East, you know, God's a force. Hmm. But, but um, in Christianity, God is a force with a face. 
Right. That's a good and, point. And so this is this is what is is very very um, powerful for for persecuted Christians because it was it's been a tough year, no doubt about it. Sure. And uh, and and so it's always they they've really I think their spiritual experience has been to to get a clearer a clearer view of right. the outlines or contours of their favorite verse, which is mm. I saw a throne mm. with someone sitting on it. Phew! You know what what a relief. Right. That's great. Mm. So what, what are you seeing as you do your research and talk with folks in other parts of the world, um, persecuted church outside of, say, China in, in this part? Any, any other insights or things that, uh, that folks would find uh, well, stimulating the, or interesting? The, the most shocking trend that you'll hear about shortly when we publish all this yep. is there's been a huge spike in the killing of Christians in sub-Saharan Africa. Wow. Massive. Um, and this always was a very violent, you know, area anyway, yeah. but, but it's, it's really almost, I think it's, it's more than doubled. Wow. And it's partly because this area sees a lot of jihadi movements uh, traveling around. And of course they're well-funded from, you know, Qatar and, and Saudi and, and uh, Iran, but also a lot of them have come down from the chaos in Libya and they've, they've taken all the armaments, you know, that Western uh, powers have, have dumped in there. Mm. And so they're terrorizing Francophone Africa and places like that. And we have never seen such a spate mm. of killing in, in this area. It, as I say, it always was a very violent fault line, but, but it's got even more violent uh, this year because, um, you know, with maybe partly related to the COVID, which makes a weak government even weaker. Okay. And, okay. and so, you know, there's no way you can, you can really stop these, these groups, okay. you know, terrorizing, uh, terrorizing villages and, and the countryside and, and they can move between, between countries so they can't be followed okay. and so on. But, but that, that's been, that's been a big, a big shocker uh, this yeah. year. So it's, it's the isolation that COVID has created that's allowed I guess lack of a better word, despots or, or no? I think it's been more to do with the fact that that everybody's just focused on themselves this year. Uh, okay. So if 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 a, a militia likes to organize itself in Libya and career around a few countries, who's going to stop them? Okay, hmm. you know uh, the French aren't going to intervene because they they you know are quite active in Francophone Africa, but no, they're busy locking down trying to you know, trying to find beds in hospitals, right? you know, so, so it, it, it really was that the people who usually, the, the states that intervened to stop the spread of this were completely distracted. Mm. And then of course you had, you know, and this was not a surprise to, to global watchers, but, but still it took a lot of people by surprise. China's belligerence mm. this year is also right. quite, quite astonishing. Mm. Um, as soon as COVID hit, and they felt like they'd control it. Then they began to really start to dominate other countries because they felt like they're weak. Mm. And the passage of this national security law, which was designed to cow Hong Kong mm. and has succeeded, right. you know, was, was really awful. And in fact, we're, you know, if, if I criticize the Chinese government now, which I am, we're breaking that law ourselves. It's not wow. just for China. It's not just for Chinese and it's not just for people in Hong Kong. It applies to everybody. Mm. So, so this is, they've massively expanded, I think, their power and their reach. And it's been a bad year, I would say, overall for, 
for freedom. Wow. Wow. So in the midst of this, I mean, we talked about how uh, on one hand, technology ha has been helpful uh, to a certain extent as, as things have been uh, shut down somewhat. Uh, and so uh, even you told the story of the Chinese church kind of being a little bit more outward looking, mm -hmm. but then talking about what you just said about states being distracted and everybody focused on themselves. So with the persecuted church on the whole, do they feel more isolated from the global church or kind of what's their perspective uh, coming, coming through this year? This episode of The Scent Life is brought to you by Open Doors USA. Open Doors shares a common purpose with Southeastern by encouraging the persecuted church to spread the gospel in difficult places. Together, let's assure our persecuted brothers and sisters that they do not suffer alone. You can enrich your prayer life by downloading the Pray for the Persecuted app. Simply text the word PRAY to 32500. Yes, that's a good question. I think it really does depend on the area. Um, if you have some digital connectivity, they have felt, I, I think, a new connection with the wider body. Mm. Uh, but there's a lot of places in the world where that's just not possible. Right. And, you know, you go to a lot of places in Southeast Asia, Vietnam, Laos, you know, the Christians are up in the hills. Mm. Right. Yeah. Same with Burma, you know, and they're really very, very isolated. Right. Mm. And, and so it's difficult to get in there. I think the, all, the big shift too this year has been, we've had to focus on physical needs mm. of, of the persecuted because so often in these countries, they are the bottom of the pile because they're Christians. Right. You know, you think in Pakistan, the Christians are not the elite. The Christians are the street sleep, uh, sweepers. Mm -hmm. They're the domestic servants. Mm -hmm. right. you know, and they all got fired. When COVID broke out, that's a good point. So, so the only way you can keep them, you know, alive, is to turn the church into, you know, a relief center. Mm. And although that's very good, and sometimes, you know, when the the church offers relief, you know, to the stranger as well, it's good for the gospel. So I think we've seen the church grow in these places. Okay. Um, but also it it makes it um, it makes them more of a target. Wow. Because extremists will say, well, you know, you're offering blankets and aid because you want to do unethical conversions, uh, you know, this kind of thing. And, and so you get that particularly in India with the Hindu extremists wow. and, and Sri Lanka, too. So so it's a mixed bag. Um, but, you know, you always the one thing the persecuted teaches is they do accept persecution as an honor. Huh. You know, because then it shows that that uh, Christ is alive, yeah, and right. if people are reacting to Christ, then Christ must be real in them. Yeah. yeah no. So, that, so they say, "Who? At least we're getting something right." That's interesting. So, Ron, what um, uh, as we think about the the uh, the impact of persecution of brothers and sisters around the world, 
uh, and we, we, we do see places, Sub-Saharan Africa, uh, East Asia, uh, the, the Muslim world. Are we seeing from your perspective anything in the Western world um, related to COVID and its impact on uh, the Christianity or even persecution in, the, in what we would consider the West um, these days? Yes, I mean, I think it blows back. This is always Andrew's point. You know, if the battle is spiritual and suddenly the revolution is here, well, what form does the revolution take where you are? Right. Once you've been made aware of, of the spiritual dynamics of what persecution means in a biblical sense, I'm not mm -hmm. talking about in a legal religious freedom sense, I mean right. in a biblical sense, because, you know, you know, we understand persecution as something that comes it's it's really the the forces of the world the flesh and the devil reacting against christ in us right you know and and uh, and i say that's partly why the persecuted view it as an honor um so yes you 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 do have this sorry i I'm slightly forgetting your question there, Scott. Scott was it? I got off on that a minute. Um, I was about to give you an answer, but I've slipped my mind. I'm 60 now, you see, so I've got an excuse. You know, <laughs> I've always I always stop now giving one, two, three. You know, because by the time I get to three, I've forgotten what it was. Well, you know? the, 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 so I, I don't do that anymore. But but you've you've got me you've got me there. Okay, the road you're walking down was on. Uh, how is the church in the West uh, being uh, being impacted by persecution or by COVID? Uh, so yes, I think there has been some blowback. Definitely, I I think that on one of the big trends of the year, of course, we've talked about the world has got a lot more authoritarian yeah. as a result of COVID. Yeah, it's clear. Yeah. But I also think that the culture war has become a lot more vicious. Hmm. And that applies to the West. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's very vicious in the West. Mm. And you know, we've seen in my country, for example, even just the author J.K. Rowling mm. tweeting quite mildly, you know, that she thought that sex might have a biological basis, and the lynch mob mm. that happened so fast for that, mm -hmm. which actually I think has backfired because people say, you know, this is this is disgraceful. She's just expressing a point of view. Yeah. You know, why should she be hounded out like she's a criminal and building suddenly with her name or taken down and, and this kind of thing. But this is what we we realize in, in the world of persecution. You need a mob mm. and, and you keep a mob running. That's the crucial thing about a mob. And something that there's something about social media that it just happens so fast. People don't stop. They don't think. Uh, yeah, yeah. They love rumor. And all of a sudden they've lynched somebody. Mm. And, and nobody stopped to, to think. And yeah. so I think we're seeing that. I think conservative Christians in a Western setting are obviously feeling it a bit harder right. this year because of these vicious cultures, which, you know, I mean, a lot of the protests have started well. You know, I mean, we don't want policemen, you know, killing black men who are arrested. You know, I mean, sure. let's, let's have, have done with that. Right. But, but then it morphs into a kind of movement where they never want to hear another point of view. Right, right. And then you get this kind of totalitarianism mm -hmm. that sets in and that's going to hurt, hurt the church because we need 
a certain freedom and, and pluralism mm. in order to to present the gospel and accept that it will give offense yeah that's a good yeah. point ron can you do do one i want to back up just a little bit for our listeners you've you've made a couple of comments about uh different types of persecution i know that you've done some research that really um gives clarity to what what that we use this word persecution and we don't just mean one uh, one element can you just give a give our readers or less listeners a um uh, just an overview of what what we mean when we talk about persecution in the world that it's not just going to jail or being beheaded but they're all they're a spectrum of what persecution is yes, yes indeed I mean, we, we, just a minute we we kind of uh, have a definition where we say it's any hostility uh, that comes as a result of our identification with Christ mm. and that can you know, include attitudes, actions as well, you know, the whole, the whole spectrum, because in the Bible, you know, slander is regarded as persecution mm -hmm. and these kinds of things. So, and then when we look at the New Testament, uh, we always say, you know, there are very distinct sources of it. Priests, of course, from other religions are the primary source, I would say, in the New Testament period. But then you have the state, you know, you have rulers, you know, Herod Agrippa puts, puts James to death and that kind of thing, although they're not the primary persecutor in the New right. Testament. Um, and then you have economic forces, merchants, basically. You know, think of Paul and, and the silversmiths of, of, uh, of Ephesus, you know, and he was bad for trade. Right. You know, but, uh, that kind of thing. So they, they got a mob together. That's another sort of element. And then, of course, family, too, you know, can be the context for this. You know, Jesus tells us, you know, I come to bring a sword and I'll set, you know, um, daughter against mother and, and son against father, you know, Matthew 10. So, and that's very, that applies very much to the Muslim background believers. They would generally find that their primary persecutors when they turn to Christ would be their families wow. and not the state. Hmm. And, and so, you know, they can get, they can get killed or we actually, you know, have a person staying in our house who, who is a, a convert when she was 13 got acid thrown in her face and she's from my country wow you know and she can't go home mm. uh, so so you know it, it's happening everywhere so so there's quite a gamut like you say quite a spectrum and uh just because you're not in jail getting your teeth knocked out doesn't right. mean you're not persecuted yeah. it's, it's much more powerful than that mm. now that's really really helpful uh uh, I know for me, and I'm sure for our listeners as well. And uh, Ron, you know, I, I want to go back to something you said early on. You said in, in this uh, kind of the times that we're in, uh, that overall people, uh, even governments as well, tend to be more focused on themselves. And and some of that has to do with uh, nobody was expecting really any of this coming into 2020. And so there's a there's an element of preservation uh, and just trying to navigate things, but but how would you exhort, and I, I use that word, exhort our listeners on behalf of our brothers and sisters around the world, kind of this Hebrews 13, where it talks about uh, remembering those who are in prison, uh, remembering those who are mistreated uh, because they are part of the body. And so how would you exhort our listeners to remember, uh, to even connect, uh, even in difficult times like this, and even be an advocate for our brothers and sisters in the global kind of persecuted church, what, what would you say to our listeners? 
I say that that it's good to get to know their needs, but of course that's a time-consuming thing. Mm -hmm. I think perhaps what's even more important than that, so because you know obviously from that you're going to pray for them and remember them and so on, mm -hmm. it is to be changed by their testimony mm -hmm. ourselves. Wow. I really do believe they have discovered things about God in the extremity of their conditions that we need for our own walk even though we're not going to, to face quite the same darkness. Wow. And you bring those truths over and you find that, that you've, you, you get ways to live that, that are different, uh, that, that you wouldn't find in your own culture. You know, I mean, some of the, the leaders put, put their truths very provocatively. You know, that one of them says, you know, if Jesus is not your first love, you're finished. Wow. Yeah. Right. Now, that's the essence, I would say, of a lot of persecuted, persecuted wow. life, because persecution is a simplifying force. It just it pushes away all that distracts idea. until wow. it's just you and Christ. Hmm. And you better get to love him. Otherwise, you won't get through. Wow. That's a good point. Wow. Yeah. So, so the, the whole thing becomes a, a reframe. Instead, Wang Wing Dao used to put it this way. He was a great Chinese Christian. He said, wouldn't it be tragic if you were in the you know, Garden of Eden kind of thing, you know, because the world is still part, you know, glory ground as well as, as mm -hmm. battleground. He said, wouldn't it be terrible if we were too busy running through the garden serving God that we forgot to walk in the garden enjoying mm -hmm. God? Wow. Wow. That's and he said, persecution will slow you down. So that the agenda is on the enjoyment of God, mm. not the service of God. Mm. And, and I love that. And so he always used to say, well, build yourself a cell. <laughs> you know, because he said, you want, it won't be like me. I got pushed into one. <laughs> but he said, you have to build yourself one. And a cell is just anything that brings simplicity and space into life. Mm. The distractions are pushed away. And the only thing that matters is you meet Christ and the emphasis is on simply receiving the love of Christ. Wow. That's the heart, I would say, of the, of the spiritual benefit that, that persecuted Christians receive. And there, the greatest way we can remember them, I think, is to receive the insight hmm. for our own lives. And then we'll always keep wanting to hear more. Yeah. That's great. That, yeah, yeah the, wow. the powerful hmm. moment that... Um, we often think that we serve, that our only responsibility is just to serve, the, but to learn and realize that we are part of the Yes, because when we now admitted, he said he was put in jail when he was 60. Mm -hmm. And in China, that's you start, that's you at the peak of your powers, right? 60, 70, or you're, or you're really, really, they're not ageist. Um, so, but he said, it was devastating for me at first because I wanted to preach, I wanted to write. I couldn't do any of this at all. I was in solitary confinement. Mm. And, and he said this, he said, suddenly the hardest, he said, I was afraid of God. Mm. You know, I, I, God was this angry person in the sky. I had to serve him. And he said, suddenly in the quietness of the cell, I had to learn to love him or experience his love. And he said, it was a different relationship. Mm. And he said, it wouldn't have been possible without the sale. So it, it is interesting that, that you know, we, we've all got our own ideas of who God is and, and so on. And, and it's not wrong to be, you know, respectful of God or even to be right. a tiny bit, tiny bit afraid of his wrath. 
yeah. but 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 nonetheless um if if our if our primary attitude is not one of just basking in the smile of christ that's sitting on this throne you know what's what's the point of it yeah no, and true. then what what's going to overflow in mission if if we don't we don't have that at the center mm. wow yeah no, no, what i mean they have other they have other lovely truths uh, i'll tell you another one they say they said if evil is leaving you alone you're irrelevant wow mm. you know in other words as you live out your christian life in mission you should be getting a reaction right right evil. that's how you know mission's happening and they also say, and this is an interesting one, they say, if praise is not on your tongue, you're dead. Mm. <laughs> you, you know, and of course, that goes back to this very Old Testament understanding that, that to be alive is to be praising. It's nothing to do with the, the beating of the heart. Right. It, it's a spiritual definition of life. If, if you're not praising God, you are literally dead. That's the definition of death, you know, in the Old Testament. So persecuted Christians live there. Mm. Yeah, uh, they have to. It's the way you get through a desert, and uh, and so it's it's great to to tune in, and and adjust our life accordingly because you know they've gone through this for our sake too. Right. That, right. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. We're yeah. we are the same body. We're not we're not different churches. Mm -hmm. Amen. Absolutely. So, Ron, one of the things that I found very helpful over the past several months. Um, is the prayer app that Open Door produces? Yes, Open Doors USA, exactly. Yeah, uh, that gives connection to uh, stories of persecution, mm -hmm. insight, allows an opportunity to show that you pray. Do you know? Can you say a little bit about that app and uh, maybe how our listeners might be able to find that? The essence of a prayer app is it's trying to bring you information in real time about the struggles persecuted christians are having right yeah so that you know you will receive updated information on what is happening in that trial of that christian lady mm. that lost her you know yeah. that lost her husband okay you know and and so it puts you in touch and you you feel like your your arms are extending out right to the to the the soil of the field itself Okay. where this this drama is going on so it brings you close to the drama and uh, you know this is another point they they say persecuted christian they say if prayer is not about asking the impossible on a daily basis then you're boring so they they say the biggest adventure of the christian life should be the daily one of intercessory prayer okay hmm. and and so yeah. they're always beckoning us to that so the prayer app really helps helps That's with that no, thanks for that. Ron, thank you so much for yeah. joining us today. It's been very insightful, very encouraging. And whenever we can get a little bit uh, uh, more freedom to travel, we look forward to having you on this side of the water and uh, back on our campus again. Can we uh, just spend a few minutes and pray for you before we, uh, before we conclude today? Please do. I'd love it. Thank you so much. Let me pray for you. God in heaven, we thank you for our brother Ron, for his ministry. We thank you for the uh, opportunities that you provide for him and uh, the insight that you've given him. Thank you that you have given him the opportunity to experience you, to know you, to love you, and to live a life of worship to you through his, uh, through his studies, uh, through his interviews, through his interaction with 
brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering uh, because of their faith in Jesus. And we pray that you would continue to strengthen Ron, give him uh, courage uh, and insight, and would you continue to show your love for him mm -hmm. uh, as he serves uh, you and as he serves the body of Christ around the world. And Father, we'd be amiss if we didn't pause even now and ask for uh, your protection and your care for brothers and sisters who are suffering, that you would give them a deep sense of walk with Jesus and abiding in him, the fullness of the Spirit uh, in whatever it is that they are struggling with and suffering with today. We thank you for your love for them and for your love for us. We do pray as well for the church in the West that we wouldn't just be fat and happy, mm. uh, but that we would also learn the lesson of leaning into you and, uh, as Ron's reminded us, even create a cell mm. uh, that requires us uh, to love you and to experience a love for you. Mm -hmm. And so we pray all of this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us every week on the Scent Life podcast, but particularly these last two weeks as we have talked about uh, the global persecuted church with David Curry and also Ron as well from the USA perspective and the international perspective. Let me encourage you as well, uh, download the prayer app. You've heard that mentioned, but go uh, to your app store, download the Open Doors USA prayer app. Uh, that will be not only an encouragement to you, uh, it'll also be an encouragement to our brothers and sisters around the world. The other thing is if you will reach out to us, uh, you can do that through social media, but you can also send us an email. Send an email to cgcs at sebts.edu, cgcs at sebts.edu. Send us an email, and if you do, uh, Open Doors USA has said they will send you a free copy of the book about Brother Andrew's life, The God Smuggler. Again, if you want to receive a free copy of The God Smuggler, reach out to us. You can do that through social media, but you can also send us an email, and Open Doors would be happy to send you out a copy of that book. And it's an encouraging, uh, convicting book that you'll want to have a copy of.